Jesus, we honor you in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, give Jesus a shout tonight. He's worthy. Amen. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and magnify Him tonight. Magnify Him above your problem. Magnify Him above the sickness. Magnify Him above every other name tonight. Jesus! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah! You're the greater one. You're the greater one. You're the greater one. Hallelujah. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Father God, we approach your throne tonight, reverently and humbly, yet boldly, because you're our Father, and we're your very own children, and you said to come boldly to that throne of grace, so we come boldly tonight. Hallelujah. We know that we're accepted in the Beloved. We've been risen with Jesus, and we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. We take our place tonight. Hallelujah. We take our place tonight. In your presence. Hallelujah. We're lifted into your presence tonight. We're not asking you to come down. We've come up. You've raised us up and seated us together in heavenly places in Christ. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name, every name, every name that is named. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we thank you. We thank you that every promise is yes and amen. Hallelujah. Reveal your word to us tonight. Reveal your plan to us tonight. Help us to see what you see in this house. Glory to God. Help us see the way you see it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. You believe it tonight. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Those of you standing can take your seats. Praise God. In the name of the Lord, glory to God. He is good and His mercy endures forever. Praise God, you're in the right place at the right time. Because Jesus is here. Amen. He wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. That's for sure. Amen. We come because He's here. Hallelujah. And uh, the greater one's on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let me tell you about a couple of things we have on the table in the back there. We bring our ministry materials to be a blessing to you. You know, we're here for four days. Not everybody's able to be in all the services. And, uh, but uh, our materials, we believe, will just continue to edify you and build you up. Amen. If you enjoy receiving from our ministry, you'll like what's on the table. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, so I'll tell you about a couple of things here. Uh, This is a single message on CD, just $5, called Can You Hear Me Now? (laughs) How many of you know God is the inventor of wireless communication? Amen. Jesus said that God is looking for someone. God's looking. He's looking for true worshipers. True worshipers. Amen. He's looking for true worshipers. Why? Because he knows if we'll get our eyes off of this stuff down here and get our eyes on him, he can do something. Amen. And he's looking for people who will worship him, who will look at him, communicate with him. Amen. He sent the Holy Spirit, amen, to live on the inside of us. Praise God. He said, I won't leave you comfortless. 
Amen. But at the same time, so many of us are are going through life on this earth as if he just left us to tough it out. Because we know the greater one's on the inside, and we're, now we're like, well, I'm going to do this. Now I'm, gonna, I'm just going to handle what comes. Not apart from him. Jesus said in John's Gospel, the 15th chapter, he says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. <laughs> Amen? Without the vine, we're nothing. Without being connected to the vine, we've got no life. Amen? He said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. You're not the vine. <laughs> Amen? So in order to have any life source in you, you've got to be connected to the vine. Amen? Hallelujah. He didn't mean for us to just tough it out on our own. He didn't just say be strong. He said be strong in the Lord. In, 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 in the Lord. Amen? Not just be strong on the earth. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The only way you can do that is not just to acknowledge Him and not just to go to church, but is to be in His presence and fellowship with Him. It's all about the fellowship. That's why Jesus came, so we would have that fellowship with God. We'd be redeemed back into His presence. Praise God. Not be separate from Him. Amen? And so when we talk about connecting or worshiping God, we're not talking about music. I heard uh, uh, one minister say, I love his ministry. He said this, if you can't worship God without a guitar, you can't worship God with one. Amen. Amen. It's not about an instrument. It's not about a melody. It's about a heart and a mouth connection. Amen. With him. And every believer, because Jesus said, they that worship him must. Worship him in spirit and in truth. So there's a protocol. There's a way. Amen? That's easy to be in his presence. Hallelujah. And if you know anything about our ministry, and, you, and if you found out anything in the last couple of days, you know I like to see how things work. Amen? I like to tear things apart and then build them back up again. I love, I love watching renovation house television shows and all that kind of stuff. You know, I like the befores and the afters. But the same thing is true with the word of God. Amen? If he says something, there's a way to do it. He has a way to do it. He doesn't just tell you to do it and then figure it out yourself. There's a way to do things, and there's a way to do it right. Amen? And it's always, everybody say always. always. It's always simple. I said it's always simple. We, co- we complicate things all the time because we think it ought to be hard. And that's just religious thinking that things ought to be hard and mysterious with God, but they're not. Amen? And so uh, can you hear me now? Probably none of that is on this message, but <laughs> I'm just priming my pump tonight. Praise the Lord. But uh, this is about connecting with God and worshiping Him in spirit and in truth and the practical side of things. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. And then um, there's so much. Uh, people ask me all the time because we traveled with Brother Hagen's ministry for about 10 years and have followed his ministry for longer than that. But uh, we traveled with him and worked with him for 10 years. And so people ask us often, you know, what's, what do you think, what is the number one thing you feel like you got from Brother Hagen, being around Brother Hagen, you know, and they all, always expect you to say something about faith. And, uh, but I really uh, have realized over the course of time now, and we were there 10 years and been in our own ministry about 25 on top of that. So over the course of time, I realized the things have been planted in me the th- and where I got them. <laughs> Amen. And so really probably the number one thing I got from being around Brother Hagen and following his ministry is learning to follow the inner witness. 
of the Holy Ghost. Learning to trust, rely on, and follow the leading of the inner witness, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. And you really find that uh, in praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues. Uh, Brother Hagin used to say it this way, whenever you pray in other tongues, you hook up your tongue to your spirit. You know, it's not just a head thing. The Bible says this, that when you pray in other tongues, is anybody in here filled with the Holy Ghost? You speak with tongues? (laughs) Aren't you blessed? Amen. Amen. But when you pray in tongues, the Bible says this, what? That your mind is, anybody know? Unfruitful. Right? Unfruitful. And if your mind is unfruitful, we have sometimes have made the mistake of thinking, if my mind is unfruitful, then I don't have to think. And we detach sometimes from our mind, and we get mindless praying in the Spirit. And then people just kind of pray in a language, and they get monotone, and they just go, and they get nothing out of it and wonder, why, what's so exciting about praying in the Spirit? But the Bible says this, when you pray in an unknown tongue, your mind is unfruitful. That's why we're supposed to pray that we'll interpret. (laughs) That you'll know, not just that, not like just tongues and interpretation, like a translation, but that you'll know, amen, there's a knowing on the inside that God will show you things. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will show you things. If you're a believer, you can expect to see and know. Amen. But you don't just see and know by thinking a lot. It doesn't come by thinking. Trying to figure things out. How's God going to do it? How's God Man, i got to think about this. You don't have to. No. Pray in other tongues. And all of a sudden your mind gets illuminated. And you just know. You don't think. You know. Amen. There are adventures in the Holy Spirit. This is called praying in the Spirit. Five bucks. Change your life. Because we're not just talking about praying in a language. We're talking about praying in a place. A place in him. Hallelujah. There is a realm, friends. There is a realm that we're invited into. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus said this in John's Gospel. Would anybody like to have this? There you go. Good to see you again. God bless you. Um. Jesus said this in John's Gospel, the third chapter. He said, No man has ascended up to heaven, but the Son of Man who came down from heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. He said, Nobody's gone up except for the one who came down, but he's there. Even though he's here, he's there. And really the secret of Jesus' ministry, if you want to call it the secret of it, was that he saw himself continually in that place even though he was here. He came, he laid aside his mighty power and glory, the Bible says. He came as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that tonight, amen. Uh, He came as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, but he always kept his place in there, even though he was here. He saw himself where he belonged, where he came from, amen. And we've got to be mindful of that place we belong as Christians, too many times we're trying to get God to come down here and fix something down here. And all along, he says, come up. That's where we belong. You're dismissed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a pretty good preaching right there. I don't, mind saying, I don't mind saying so. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Have you come expecting anything tonight? Amen. 
Praise the Lord. I told you I'd tell you some of our testimony this evening and talk about the special healing anointing that we've been anointed with by the Holy Ghost, by God himself. Praise the Lord. But let's uh, look at the word first before I give you a testimony because uh, I, I, it's not, it, you can't just follow someone's experience. Amen. You can believe my experience if you want to, but we can prove it by the word. Hallelujah. And uh, if we've got the word for it, then we can have some expectation. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing the word. Amen. Hallelujah. And so let's go, first of all, if you will, to Mark's gospel, the fifth chapter, briefly. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Does anybody here know who Billy Brim is? Some of you know who uh, Reverend Billy Brim is. She was at our church years ago, and, and uh, she was there for several days. And I remember her saying, uh, while well, she was getting into the Word, she said, Oh, Lord, help me not to preach. <laughs> and I found that a very strange statement at the time because I was young in ministry. And uh, she said, Lord, help me not to preach. And, and now I know what she meant. Uh, what she meant was there's so much here. Help me stay focused on what we need to stay focused on tonight because there's so many directions you can go and you can feel obligated to overteach sometimes or overexplain some things that aren't necessary for that day. Amen. So, Lord, help me not to teach. Help me not to preach. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to get what we need to get tonight. Amen. And then we're going to minister to you by the laying on of hands. And also just to clarify, the pastor said, you know, when he was up here earlier, he, he uh, sees things in the perspective of his office, right? He's talking about the teaching office. And so I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and clarify because I'm going to say it from my office, all right? Praise the Lord. Uh, we haven't had a prayer line yet in these meetings. Prayer lines are scriptural. Amen? Praying is scriptural. But we haven't prayed for people yet in these meetings. We've ministered to you by the laying on of hands, but it wasn't prayer, all right? I just want to clarify, it's easy to, to get in the habit of saying prayer line because we're used to it, and it is scriptural, amen? But I also want to clarify because for purposes of this evening's service in particular as well, I just want to let, let's get that uh, a different perspective, amen? Uh, because we talked about ha being prayed for, and we haven't really prayed for anybody yet. Well, we did agree in prayer for somebody last night who wasn't here. That's about the only time we prayed. All right? Amen. It's not wrong to pray. I'm not saying pastor's wrong. But I'm saying in perspective of my office. Are, we with, are you with me? Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we had to constantly clarify with Brother Hagin's ministry because people would also say that all the time. And he'd say, it's not a prayer line. It's a healing line. He said, we're, not, we're really not praying for people. We're ministering God's healing power to them. And we're not praying. It's just another perspective, another way that God heals. Amen. Praise the Lord. So look here. Mark chapter 5. You're familiar with this event in the ministry of Jesus, but I want to call your attention to it. This is uh, the woman with the issue of blood. It says this, uh, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for or because she had said earlier, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt. Everybody say she felt. She felt something. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. 
She felt something go into her. He felt something go out of him. Amen. I said she felt something go into her, and he felt something go out of him. Now, in in our faith circles, that word feel can be real iffy. Uh, We can sometimes just throw the whole thing away and think, well, we don't walk by feelings. No, we don't. We do not walk by feelings. We walk by the word. Amen? But we do feel. Amen. And things are perceptive to the touch. And there is an anointing that is perceptive to the touch. We call it the tangible anointing because it can be felt. Amen. And so in this instant, this woman felt something go into her. Jesus felt something go out of him. That's why he said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples are saying, well, everybody's touching you. He says, nope, somebody touched me and felt something because I felt it go out. Amen. Hallelujah. So there is something to be said for something that you can feel. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. Amen. And where the tangible anointing is concerned, and we'll go into this in a little bit more detail tonight, where that tangible anointing is concerned, when we lay our hands on you, we can tell when you take it, when you receive it. Sometimes you can feel it. Not always, but uh, very often people are like, wow, that's different. You know, something, I feel something. Sometimes it feels just like a warmth. Sometimes it feels tingly. Sometimes it just feels kind of like a woozy feeling, you know. Sometimes it feels like an adrenaline rush, you know. But it can, it's perceptible to the touch. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, like, for example, if I was to hold out my Bible and hand it to you, I could tell when you took it. Amen. It's very much like that. We can tell when you receive it. Hallelujah. So it was perceptible to the touch. She felt it. He felt it. Look with me to Luke's Gospel, the sixth chapter. Luke chapter six. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter six. Starting in verse 17, it says this. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with the crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. We've mentioned this each night. They came to hear and be. I said they came to hear and be healed. Amen. They didn't come to hear and see what happened. They came expecting to be healed. Amen. They came expecting to be healed. They didn't, I, I don't believe they came expecting for things to be lessened. They came expecting to be healed. Why? He's got the answer. Amen. And sometimes when we just have a, we, you know, we're encouraged by the lessening of symptoms. We said it last night. It's kind of like the cloud as a man's hand, you know, because we know what God said. If there's a lessening of a, of a, a symptom or lessening of pain or a relief of pain or something like that, it's a beginning. We can rejoice because we know what he said, that the rest is on its way. We're not, we don't settle for the size of a man's hand. Why? Because we came to be healed. Amen. I said, we came to be healed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are people healed over time? Certainly. Certainly. Many times that's true. But there are different methods and different ways to receive healing. Haven't we said that already? Amen. 
And so in these type of meetings, really the primary way and, and, and most the way that the Lord has used us is more in the instant manifestation. But that also requires uh, us to come in faith expecting to receive that. This woman with the issue of blood came because she expected when, when she touched his clothes, she said, I'll be whole. I'll be whole. Now, when we were working with Brother Hagen's ministry, we'll get back to Luke chapter 6 here in a moment. When we were working with Brother Hagen's ministry, it was part of my responsibility to help him um, to exhort the people as far as the people who are going to be getting in the, in the healing line. In, in his ministry, he had cards that he would pass out, and uh, there would be 50 of each number. And so we would call one number at a time, and that way about 50 people would come up, and you're not having 500 people just waiting to have hands laid on them. And so we'd call, you know, a group of 50 basically up at a time. And um, so uh, and at that time, I was exhorting the people in a morning service one time after uh, Brother Hagin was finished ministering, um, teaching. And so I was just telling the people, if you want to have hands laid on you, make sure you go back to the table and pick up a healing line card. And uh, it wasn't called a prayer card. It wasn't called a prayer line card. It was called a healing line card. And we were very we were told it's a healing line card. So we said, get a healing line card. And people say, I got a prayer card. No, you didn't. You got a healing line card. Changes your expectation. Amen? Changes your expectation. So I, I was telling the people about the healing line card. I said, fill it out. Because also the, the Hagen ministry would send them a little book on how to keep your healing as well if they had their address. And uh, it was one of the ways to help folks who had hands laid on them. So I was kind of explaining why we have the cards. You know, uh, it's not to keep people out. It's to, to do things in order and so on. And so I'm explaining all this. And, I, and I'm telling the people, and as a matter of fact, at this particular time, we were at Crenshaw Christian Center, Dr. Fred Price's church. And uh, so there's a, you know, a very large group of people there, and I'm telling them all about the healing line cards and explaining them. And Brother Hagen is sitting on the platform, and ordinarily, while I'm closing up the service, he would leave. And uh, he didn't leave the service that day. Uh, he, just, he just sat there. I thought, well, maybe he wants to shake hands with people afterwards, you know. So I'm kind of closing things up. And I said, now, when you get that card, I said, all day long today, you do like that woman with the issue of blood. When hands are laid on me, I know I shall be whole. I know, you know, and I'm exhorting like that. And uh, so I look at Brother Hagen. He says, no, go ahead and close it. You know, so I dismiss everybody. And I go and I put my, my microphone in a holder like that over there. I go to put it over there. And Brother Hagen gets up and he walks over to me and he says this. Pastor will love this. He says, uh, she didn't say that. I said, I I'm sorry, what? He said, she didn't say, I know I shall be whole. She said, I shall be whole. He said, always keep it present tense. And I thought, I just told about 5,000 people, eventually you'll be healed. He was so sweet to not correct me in front of everybody. But I learned something. I learned something. Amen. Praise the Lord. She said, I shall be whole. She didn't say, I know I eventually will be. She said, I shall be. And that's what she got. Amen. I said, that's what she got. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, uh, faith gives substance. Hebrews 11, 11th chapter, the first verse. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. One translation says faith gives substance to things hoped for. And that word hope in the New Testament, hope always means expectation. It doesn't mean desire. 
It means expectation. Whenever you see the word hope in the New Testament, it always means expectation, not desire. There's a difference between desire and expectation, isn't there? You can desire something and not expect it. You can expect something and not desire it. You can expect the flu. Doesn't mean you want it. You can expect allergies. Doesn't mean you want them. Amen? So we're expecting things all the time, not because we want them. But at the same time, we can want something and not expect it. And we find that is very true among a lot of Christians today. We want to be healed, but we really don't expect very much. We'll accept a change, but we don't always expect one. And so these people came to hear and to be healed. Everybody say, be healed. They came to hear and be healed. Amen? Let's look at a, a little bit more of this verse, of this scripture. They came to hear and to be healed of their diseases, verse 18, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Hallelujah. Devils don't always have to be cast out. Sometimes that healing anointing just gets rid of them. Amen. Thank God. Glory to God. Amen. And then verse 19, look what it says. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. The whole multitude. We have in the Gospels 19 individual examples, kind of case histories of people. But there were also also multitudes of people who came. Amen. We can look at the individual cases and break a lot of things down. But look at this. The whole multitude just wanted to what? Touch. 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 Why? Because power went out of him. Something was perceptible to the touch. He didn't pray. The power went out of him when they touched. It's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual law. Like we have natural laws like gravity. How many of you know gravity works for everybody? Amen. You don't have to wonder if gravity's going to work today. You get out of bed, you put that first leg over, it's going on the floor. Right? Gravity works, doesn't it? You're not just floating around. Oh, gravity might, it's not on today. Natural laws, God made natural laws. But there are also spiritual laws. Amen? Spiritual laws. And I don't mean the law like obeying a law. I mean laws like laws of nature. There are spiritual laws. Things happen. Amen? And one of those, uh, what we call spiritual laws, is the law of contact and transmission. (laughs) The contact of a believer's hands transmits God's healing power. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. Amen? Any believer, if they believe, they don't just lay hands and go, hope something happens. You've got to be believing. Amen? And that says, also it says in Mark chapter 16, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen? The word recover simply means be well. It could suggest a process of time, but it doesn't have to. Amen? And, incidentally, even in that scripture, there's no mention of prayer. (laughs) Lay hands in the name of Jesus. That's just another way. Amen? 
so so many Christians, uh, pretty much a lot of uh, all we know sometimes about the name is we tag it on to the end of a prayer. Like, sincerely, Annie Durant. <laughs> we pray and then we go, in the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs> and we don't realize sometimes we haven't found the power in the name. In the third chapter of Acts, Peter and John said, why are you looking at us as though by our own righteousness or holiness we've made this man to walk? No, it was the name and faith in the name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. Healed them all. Is it possible everyone can get healed? Yes. Yes. Amen. It's the will of the Lord. It's the will of the Lord. Amen. But just because it's his will doesn't make it happen if we'll say, okay, (laughs) and receive, then it'll come to us. Hallelujah. And really, don't we have an easy part? What's our big word? Relax. (laughs) You got it. Amen. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. So uh, look with me to Isaiah, the 10th chapter. Isaiah chapter 10. Everybody say the anointing. Ah, hallelujah. That power, amen. Power of God. Isaiah, the 10th chapter. The 27th verse says this, and it shall come to pass. Everybody say, it shall come to pass. Isn't that good right there? It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be, will be, will be destroyed. Not might be, not can be, will be destroyed why because of the anointing oil or because of the anointing hallelujah everybody say because of the anointing you know i love that it just simply says because of it doesn't even say by the anointing it says because of it and if you look it up love to look up words if you look it up it says literally means in the face of the anointing the yoke is destroyed in the face of the anointing not, we often say, you know, uh, that it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's true. Or the yoke is destroyed by the anointing. That's also true. But literally the way God puts it is it's destroyed in the face of the anointing. In other words, the yoke cannot stand. The anointing is always greater than the yoke. Always. Why? Because. You ever do that with your kids? Because I said so. End all argument. Why? Because I said so. You don't have to have any other reason than because I said so. I don't have to tell you why. It's simply because this is the way it is. And the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. So then what is the anointing? <laughs> Sounds churchy. Sounds religious. We don't use that word much, you know, outside of these kind of walls. And so when we talk about the anointing, sometimes it's sort of a, some sort of ethereal thought, you know. It's not really, when we talk about tangibility, perceptible to the touch or, you know, that you can feel it or taste it or, you know, what is the anointing? Uh, that word anoint, simply, simple form means what? To rub, to smear, or to paint. Probably you have all, you've already known that. So you could say that that wall there is anointed with a sort of a plum color. <laughs> that wall is anointed with green. <laughs> it's been painted on. It's been applied. All right? So the, the yoke is destroyed because there's been an application of God on it. <laughs> what did Jesus say in the fourth chapter of Luke? The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has what? Anointed me. He has put himself on me. So you see, when we speak about the anointing, we're not talking about something separate from God, or in other words, something that God sends on his behalf. It is God. It's God on a man, God on a situation, God on. That's why things change. It's God on. It wasn't just a thought, not just a desire, right? Not just a prayer. It's God on the situation. That's why it changes. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. You can't think away a yoke. You can't. You can't think it away. God's got to get on it. Amen. I said, God's got to get on it. We need him. He's the vine. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> the life flows through us because we're attached to him and that reason only. Amen. So Jesus said, the spirit of God is on me, on me. Philippians tells us what? When he came, he took upon himself no reputation, right? He made himself, took on himself the form of flesh. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God. He came as a man, but then he said, God's on me. Why did he do that? It said it in Luke chapter 4, it says it was his custom everywhere he went, basically, when he would go into the synagogue, he'd open that place in the, in the book of Isaiah that said the spirit of the Lord is on me. Amen. He would find that place in Scripture. Why? Faith comes by hearing the Word. He didn't just tell folks, I'm anointed. He found the Word and said, this is now fulfilled today. Amen. Why? Because he wanted to tell people what they could expect to receive. He wasn't telling people, I'm anointed, I'm important. It wasn't to exalt him. Because everywhere else you see, he said, it's not me. All throughout the Gospels, he said, it's not me. It's the Father on me, in me. He's the one doing the work. I don't do anything of myself. I do nothing of myself. 
He emptied himself and let God be on him. Amen? So that what is destroying the yoke, it wasn't Jesus, it was God on Jesus. Amen? It wasn't Jesus doing it of his own accord. It was God. He says, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear my Father say. I only do that which pleases my Father. And Philip one day, he said, Lord, show us the Father. He said, are you serious? Have you been with me this long and you still want to know who he is? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I've done nothing independently. Everything's been him on me. Glory to God. Amen. Peter preached. He said in Acts, the 10th chapter, he said uh, how God anointed. Amen. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing something with it. Not just being anointed. Right? Sometimes we get the little goosebumps in church. Ooh, I feel the anointing. Ooh, feel it. But the anointing is there to do something. Not just for us to feel good. It's supposed to set us free. Amen. Amen. Why? The yoke is destroyed in the face of the anointing. Sometimes I think we just like, oh, it's anointed. Praise the Lord. It feels, oh, it feels good to feel a little better. And we're satisfied with feeling a little better. When he wants the anoint, he wants the yoke destroyed, obliterated. Amen. But if we don't know what to expect, you see, if we don't come to hear and be healed, if we're just coming to hear, we don't know what to expect. We don't expect the anointing. We won't get it. That's why Jesus told people, "God's on me for a reason, for a purpose. There's a job description for the anointing." So God is not sending the anointing on his behalf because he couldn't be here. It is God. Amen. When we talk about manifestations of the Spirit of God in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, when we talk about, when we call them gifts of the Spirit, they're manifestations of the Spirit. They're manifestations of God. They're not things God sends because he can't be there. (laughs) They are manifestations of God himself. Do we realize we're in his presence? We didn't just come to hear about him. He's here and he wants to manifest. Amen. (laughs) Thank God he wants to manifest. So he said in 1 Corinthians in the 14th chapter, desire it. Amen. And in the 13th chapter, desire these things. Want them. We sang this evening, we need you, we want you. But what do we want? We want what he has. He wants to manifest himself and change things. Jesus said in uh, Luke's Gospel, the 13th chapter, there was a woman who uh, was bowed over. The Bible said she had a spirit of infirmity. She was in the synagogue. She'd been that way, what, 18 years? And Jesus said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years, be loosed today? 
In other words, he's looking around. They already had a covenant of healing. He's going, basically, he's looking around going, who left her this way? She's in the right place to be whole. Who left her without her healing? We come to church and we don't, we don't even desire sometimes. Or we don't expect. We desire but don't expect. We want a whole lot. But the Bible says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, what? Believe you receive. You've got to add, add expectation to desire. Desire alone, that's just the beginning. That's just a goal setter. But expectation sees yourself with it. You've got to see yourself changed. Some people can't even see themselves changed. Amen? not putting anybody down it's difficult if you've had a certain situation all your life absolutely i understand not minimizing that at all it takes something to see it differently amen we often talk about how sometimes people seem to magnify a problem and then say but i know god can heal me right well here's all the problems and here's what the doctor said and here's all my numbers they can quote all the numbers you know, somebody will tell me, well, this is, this is my number of something or other. Like, I'm supposed to know what that means. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know. Is there a normal range for this? Oh, yes. And mine's way above. I'm like, okay. Do you know anything about what God can do about it? You know, James said, is any sick among you? Let him Google. Let him Google his symptoms and find out how sick he really is and get all educated on all the, the horrible things that can happen and all the potential problems and, and all the things to look out for and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then they go, but pray for me. We can't get through all the junk. I said with a smile. Not expecting anything. You want it, but do you expect it? And so you see, we get to a point sometimes where we've got to have a different gift come in, Pastor, like you said. That's why Pastor brings in folks like us. Amen. Jay and Tammy Hoskins have been here, I know, praise God, and others. Philip's been here. Different gifts coming in, praise God that bring another supply because you can get weary in well-doing. Amen. So he told us not to be weary in well-doing, didn't he? (laughs) Amen. But sometimes circumstances take, just take the, 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 you know, the energy right out of you. Symptoms can, I understand. You sometimes, you just can't see yourself any different. So thank God there's another supply of the spirit that can come. That God will send a supply. Amen. That's his will. Not, not because we're all losers. <laughs> Amen. But because he loves us so much. He loves us so much. He put gifts in the body of Christ to help us. Amen. Thank God. But we get this, we get, we sometimes, we just get this thought sometimes. It's like, well, 
you know, it's it's come to that. I'm going to have to have somebody lay hands on me after all. I mean, I've had so many failures. And I understand, like Pastor said, there sometimes there have been what, we, what we've called failures. Maybe we just gave up, most likely. We just quit. <laughs> so God sends help. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. In the 19th chapter of Acts, uh, the Bible says that God wrought special miracles. Everybody say special miracles. I love that he said special miracles, like not the ordinary miracles. (laughs) For years I thought I'd, I'd be happy with the ordinary ones, you know. But special miracles through the hands of Paul. Everybody say special miracles. Who did it? Paul? No. God. With what? The anointing. God anointed. Amen? Everybody say God anointed. God wrought special miracles. God wrought. God did it. God did it. God did it through Jesus. God did it through Paul. Amen? God did it through Stephen in the book of Acts. He wasn't one of the twelve apostles. Amen? He was a deacon in the church. (laughs) Glory. The Bible says that God did signs and wonders through his hands. Wow. Who did it? God did it. Amen? Not just the apostles. Here's another person. Amen? Philip. God made him an evangelist. Hallelujah. God did it. Hallelujah. Many that were lame were healed through his ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. Barnabas and Saul, who became Paul. Acts the 14th chapter. It says that they were, there were the signs of the apostles. Did many signs among the people. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They weren't the original 12. So it, didn't, it wasn't done away with when Jesus left. It wasn't done away with with the apostles. It continued because it's always been God. Amen. Always been God. Always been God. Everybody say, it's always been God. Always will be God. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So look with me to 1 Corinthians, the, the 14th chapter. Praise the Lord. Are you getting something tonight? Hallelujah. Taking some time to do this. But it's worth it. We've got to be stirred up about the anointing. Amen. I said we've got to be stirred up about the anointing because it's God. Amen. Amen. It's not wishful thinking. It's not a magic formula. It's God. That's why we can have faith in it because he's faithful. (laughs) How exciting. We've just witnessed so many wonderful, wonderful things lately. Praise the Lord. Because it's all God. It's all God. Hallelujah. We were in um, South Carolina a couple weeks ago, about a week ago actually, a little over a week ago. And and, um, this young girl was in the service. And she was probably, um, from the looks of her, I'd say maybe 11 years old. And and, uh, she was in the line. And and as I was laying hands on people, and she was, I I, I watched her because she kind of would kind of step out of the line and just look. You know, she's just watching. 
and she's kind of puzzled and she you know she'd look around and she's she's watching me and, and kind of looking and so finally I I said what'd you come for and here she is like 11 years old she said she'd already had surgery on one knee uh, for an issue and she said and now the other knee's starting to act like that one did before I had surgery on it and so she's been in a lot of pain not growing pains I mean this is a, an issue that she had so I said, well, are you ready for Jesus to heal you? She said, yes, ma'am. So I laid my hands on her, and all of a sudden she started to cry. And I said, can you feel something? She goes, yes, I can. I feel it. And then I ministered to her, and then I said, now put some weight on those knees and bend them. And she bent them right away, and she just put her hand over her face. And I said, what's going on? She goes, there's no pain. There's no pain. She was completely healed. She testified at the end of the service. We were getting some testimonies, and she raised her hand. She says, I want to tell. She goes, she <laughs> she's so sweet. She goes, when you were healing people, <laughs> she said, I didn't believe it was real. She said, I didn't believe it was real until you touched me and you healed me. <laughs> and she said, it's so real. I could feel it. And uh, everybody, you know, rejoiced and everything. And, of course, we said, just to clarify, <laughs> I said, sweetheart, I didn't do anything. It was all God. He uses people. Thank God he does. So we have what we call that point of contact, contact and transmission. Contact, so you can sink your teeth into something, in other words. You can expect when hands are laid on me, something's happening, something's changing. Instead of just going, uh, I think I'm trying to believe, I'm you know, clicking our heels and saying there's no place like home. So she said, it's real. Yes, absolutely, it's real. Because he's real. He's real. Amen? So here in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, look what it says here. <clears throat> Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. How many of you know we are the body of Christ? We all are the body of Christ. Amen? And members individually. We're like a body, like a physical body. Amen? Your physical body is made up of all different kinds of parts. They're all important, aren't they, for the functioning of the body. In other words, you could live without a hand, but your hand can't live without you. Right? That's why it's important to be planted in a local church. Because if you leave, we can live without you, but you can't live without us. Many have tried. <laughs> make shipwreck of their life. They're not planted. They're not plugged in anywhere. God meant us to be involved with a body where we every joint supplies something. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, your toe may be a long way from your mouth, and for good reason. <laughs> Amen? But nevertheless, if you stub your toe, how many of you know it doesn't take long to let your mouth know about it? <laughs> Isn't that right? We're fitly joined together. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise the Lord. If part of the body suffers, the whole thing suffers. That's what he said. Isn't that right? But if part of the body's edified, we can all get edified. We need every part to be working at optimal level. Amen? God doesn't want you healed uh, just, just because it hurts, something hurts. He needs you to be whole. He paid for you to be whole 
so that you can operate at your ultimate efficiency in the body and supply the rest of the body. Amen. We need you to be healthy. God needs you to be healthy. Amen. I I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Why? Because you're better that way. (laughs) You're more effective that way. If you're all tired and worn down and can't move, you can't be at your optimum potential and what Christ has called you and made you to be. Amen. Yeah, he'll heal you just because you feel better. But you know what I'm saying? He wants you to be whole all the time. He paid for it. He already paid for it. So the body, he says, we're, we are all the body of Christ. And when we talk about certain offices in the body, like teacher and pastor, or evangelist, or prophet, or apostle, amen, when we talk about those five in particular, oftentimes people think, well, they're the most important because they're the ones he singled out. No, no, no. They're just the ones you see the most. Like your, like your natural body. The parts you see aren't the most important parts. Come on. Amen. The parts you don't see are the vital organs. The parts you see are protecting the, the blood and the oxygen and those vital organs. So the offices that you see all the time, we're there to, to help you, to protect you. So that you can do what God's called you to do. And when we say what God's called you to do, we're not talking about everybody should be preaching in a pulpit. Whatever God put on you is for you to do. That only you can do. Amen. Whether it's business or whether it's serving or whatever it is that you do, there's an anointing on you. God can be on you to do it. But you need to be healthy. To do it well. Amen. So don't get this false humility. I can live with it. No, he doesn't want you to live with it. So because of that, because we're a body of Christ, God put some of these things in the body for us. Look what he said. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, God put these in the church. In the church. Amen. Now, as a secondary thought here, just so you know, when he's listing these, he's not listing them in order of importance. These are not in order of importance. These are in the order that they came into the early church. There were apostles first, and then prophets, and then teachers, and then he raised up miracles, and then he raised up the rest of the things in the body of Christ. All right? Just a side thought. Third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, which we would call evangelists for the most part. Helps. Everybody say helps. That's what God appointed in the church. Helps. Amen. They're all important. All necessary. Administrations, varieties of tongues. Verse 29, are all apostles? Obviously not. Amen. Are all prophets? Obviously not. Are all teachers? Obviously not. Are all workers of miracles? Obviously not. Can all lay hands on the sick? 
Absolutely. Any believer. Amen. But not all believers are marked by healings and miracles following them everywhere they go. Amen. You can uh, have a conversation with somebody and teach them something from the word. Amen. But it's not the office your pastor stands in. Amen. That unfolds the word of God to us and leads us into green pastures. (laughs) Feeds us. Amen. You could share scripture with other people, absolutely, and teach them something that's blessed you and something you know. Amen. Help them along their way. Amen. But it's not the office your pastor stands in. It's different. For a public purpose. Amen. For the benefit of the whole body of Christ. And so workers of miracles and gifts of healings are in a different um, category, you could say, in that regard. They're more for the public. Amen. And uh, the same as your pastor has to set himself apart to do what he does for you, so do evangelists and, and other offices. We have to give ourselves to those things. Amen? Uh, I was telling pastor, you know, when, when we're in meetings, we're pretty boring. I don't go sightseeing. I don't do a lot of shopping. I don't go play. I, I'm in my room. I'm, I'm meditating on the things of God. I, I, I take a nap. <laughs> because to minister to people actually takes a lot out of you. Amen. And for longevity's sake, I plan on doing this the rest of my life. I'm not going to burn myself out. Amen. But I'm meditating on the things of God. I'm praying for you. Amen. Praying about the things God wants us to minister. I have to give myself to it. Not everybody has that opportunity or that luxury, you could say. Amen. That's why he says not everybody is. Not because it's important, more important than another. It's just a different function. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I want you to see that he puts these in the church today. If there are pastors, there are still workers of miracles. Amen. If there are teachers, there are still gifts of healings. None of these have been done away with. Because otherwise, then you have to say, well, nobody helps anymore. We don't have that anymore. Nobody helps anymore. I've wondered sometimes, but no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Maybe you have to. Praise the Lord. Amen. But he said, verse 31, earnestly desire the best gifts. Praise God. And so what we desire is for what is necessary at that moment. Amen. Hallelujah. So what is the important thing? God anoints. God puts himself on people for a purpose, for a function in ministry. Amen. So that he can demonstrate his goodness, that we can feel it, that we can see the effects of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you stand on the word for your healing? Absolutely. Can you have hands laid on you and see a manifestation instantly? Yes. If we expect it. I think your expectation is coming up a little bit more tonight. Amen. Amen. So Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. So that people would have something to expect. So we hear all through the gospels. When they heard of Jesus. When they, they must have heard he was anointed. They must have heard God's on him. If God's on him, I can change. Amen. Because God's the one who can change me. 
Praise the Lord. So I just need a connection somehow with God so I can be changed. Glory to God. So we anoint people for it. Hallelujah. I had my first experience. I told you I'd tell you my testimony as well. I had my first encounter, my first experience with God when I was five. And um, my, my, my family, we weren't even born again yet. We were uh, in a denominational church, and uh, none of us were, were born again. But I had a vision when I was five years old. I had gone to kindergarten that morning, had lunch, and was uh, sleeping, having a nap in the afternoon. And um, uh, at my nap time, it was either a dream or a vision. I couldn't tell you because I was five and not born again, didn't know anything about the things of God. I just knew it was God because God's real. Amen. And, and kids are open to God. Hallelujah. Until we shut them off. Amen. So, or until the world shuts them off. That's why we keep them open. Amen. So I'm five years old. And when I was five years old, I had this vision. And I saw in the vision, I saw a woman singing. I saw her and I heard her singing. And this other voice, a man's voice, I believe to be Jesus, said, uh, that's you when you're older. He said, but you can't sound like that right now because you're just a little girl. Isn't that sweet? He said, but I've given you a voice. Praise the Lord. Well, I wouldn't have known what that meant until years later, obviously. But it was an indelible imprint in my spirit because what I heard and what I saw stuck with me and really led me, and he used that singing part to get me into the plan of God. I uh, sang all my life. Uh, in, in kindergarten, my, my teacher wrote on my report card, Annie loves to entertain all the other little children by making up songs. <laughs> and I did. Nap time was under the piano for me. I just, I wanted to be, somehow it, God drew me to that. And that's what kept me going forward on a path that he had for me. Praise the Lord. So all through high school then and junior high and high school and sang in plays and, you know, musicals and that kind of thing and was in all the extracurricular, everything I could get my voice into, I was into. And that led me then into a group after I graduated high school. I was going to take a year off before going to college, and I auditioned for a Christian music group that toured the country and uh, got into that group. We did 350 concerts a year. (laughs) Good thing I was 18. (laughs) Traveled on a bus. Every day did a concert, sometimes two or three a day. And um, so, and that was with six weeks off a year. Still did 350 concerts. And, uh, but traveled and, and sang in the ministry. It led me into those things. Well, that's where I met my husband, matter of fact. He was in that group. He was a band director and trumpet player. And uh, we got together and, and uh, got engaged, got married. And the Lord led us to Ramah in Tulsa. And... Um, as we were going into Rama, because we had traveled with this group, the, the Rama had a, had a music group that traveled with Brother Hagen's ministry and his crusade team they called the Rama Singers and Band. And uh, my first camp meeting that I attended was before we went to school there, and I attended the camp meeting, and that particular Rama Singers and Band happened to be doing the songs of the group I was traveling with on a professional level, and they were doing our songs. And, um, and I honestly had a little issue, you know, and I was like, you know, they're imitating, you know. And uh, my little issue was they weren't really good at the time. And, <laughs> and, I, sa- and I said to myself, you couldn't pay me to be in that group. 
how quickly things change. <laughs> Within about six months, I was thanking God. I thought, you don't have to pay me. I'll obey you, God. I'll do anything. And uh, so anyway, uh, they, the, they found out that Kevin and I were in Tulsa to go to school because we were with that group. And uh, they basically offered us a scholarship to go to Rhema. They We didn't have to pay our own way. God, God made a way for us to go to Rhema. And all of a sudden, we're traveling with Brother Hagen right away. And I'm like, we're like, how did we get here? How did we get here? We went to school, graduated from school, and still traveled with him for several years. We traveled 10 years altogether. Well, when I was 25 years old, um, we were in a crusade in Chicago. And in that crusade in Chicago, I was leading the songs in the morning service. Part of my responsibility to lean worship in a morning service. And I saw what I saw when I was five. When he said, you can't sound like that right now because you're just a little girl, I saw that. Oh, my goodness. 20 years from five to 25, realizing that God had connected me with Kenneth Hagin when I was five years old. Because then this event, it wasn't just a, this could happen for you one day. What he showed me was an actual event in his heart and in his mind and in his plan. Praise the Lord. Amen. So all of that singing was to get me to that ministry to begin with and to be mentored, to be coached, praise God, to be, to, to be taught by that ministry, to be associated with that ministry. And as a result of our serving his ministry in that music capacity and just helping in whatever way we could, um, Brother Hagen had a tremendous healing anointing. It was part of his call and part of his ministry. He had, if you've ever read his books, he had a vision, a supernatural experience with God in 1950 in a tent meeting in Rockwall, Texas. And if you've ever heard his messages, you've heard it over and over again. He was in that tent meeting in Rockwall, Texas, and he heard a voice say, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. And uh, I'll give you the short version. Um, but when he looked up where the top of the tent should be, he saw Jesus. And he saw, saw him and Jesus said, come up to the throne of God. And he found himself going up in this vision with Jesus. And he went up to heaven in this vision. And he's there at the throne of God with Jesus. And a um, number of things were said and done in that, in that particular vision. But the, the primary thing that he would tell about is that Jesus said, I have called you and anointed you and I have given you a special anointing to minister to the sick a special anointing to minister to the sick. And he said, stretch out your hands. Jesus said to Brother Hagin, stretch out your hands. And when he, he said when he did, Jesus took the finger of his right hand, put it in the palm of each one of my hands. And he said, and when he did, my hands began to burn like I was holding coals of fire. And he said it was uh, for, for weeks, it was, he said, I, I'd like rub my hands together trying to get relief. It felt in, he could feel it in his hands. And what Jesus told him was, he said, this anointing, he says, I've given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. The anointing's in your hands. Lay your hands on people. Amen. Because I put the finger in my right hand in the palm of each one of your hands. And he said, but, and this was very important in Brother Hagin's ministry, he said, but this anointing will not work, will not work unless you tell the people that I appeared to you. 
you have to tell the people that I appeared to you. Tell them that I put the finger of my right hand in the palm of each one of your hands. Tell them if they'll believe that and receive that anointing, it'll undo what Satan has wrought. It'll affect a healing and a cure in them. So Brother Hagin said, if I didn't tell that testimony, my hands wouldn't burn. But every time he told the testimony, his hands would burn just like Jesus put the finger of his right hand in the palm of his hands. That anointing would be tangible. He could feel it. And then when he laid hands on people, he would feel it go out of his hands and into them. And he knew, because Jesus said, when you feel that power go out of your hands and into them, you'll know that they're healed. If they'll believe it and receive it then. That's why he said you've got to tell the people. Why? So they know what to expect. Not to magnify a man. Because again, it's not a man doing it. It's God. It's always been God. Amen? So while Brother Hagin would tell that testimony and minister to the sick, and we served him uh, singing and doing other things for him, oftentimes he would say, God wants to demonstrate something, that he doesn't just use me, he uses other people, or he doesn't just use men, he uses women. So he would often call me and say, Annie, come down here. He'd say, put your hands out. I'd put my hands out, he'd put his hands on my hands, and that same burning would go into my hands. And... um, when it did, he said, he said, now you go minister to those people. And the same anointing, because it's God. It wasn't Brother Hagin's anointing. It was God. But it came through, see, serving him, amen, by uh, association. And you find that all through Scripture. Again, not going on somebody's experience alone, but through Scripture, right? Elijah and Elisha, Moses and Joshua, right? Jesus and the 12, Jesus and the 70, amen. He authorized or by association, you see, they ministered along the same kind of lines. And so it's not just that somebody can go, here, give me that anointing. It's not mine to give. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We can minister God's healing power, but I can't give you that anointing. Are you understanding the difference? So, Brother Hagen would put his hands on my hands over and over and over and over and over again. I don't know how many times. But over and over again, after a while, he would just begin to tell his testimony and my hands would burn. <laughs> he didn't have to lay hands on me anymore. And then he would just look at me and he'd say, is that anointing on you? I'd say, yes, sir. He'd say, now go lay hands on those people. And he'd sit down. Because oftentimes there were hundreds of people there and he'd, he'd get tired. And so he'd, you know, have me come down. Other ones he used as well, different times. But uh, for many years, uh, uh, he used me a lot, a lot. So... We left Brother Hagen's ministry in 1992. And I mentioned to you in 1991, uh, remember when I told you Brother Hagen said about that woman with the issue of blood, she didn't say that? Remember there in the beginning? And uh, he came in my office one day, shortly after that we got home from that trip from uh, Brother Price's church, and he came into my office and sat down and talked to me. And uh, actually I had to talk to him because he wouldn't, he didn't talk much. <laughs> and um, I, I had to do something to get him to talk. You know, and so I just said, uh, I said, Dad, because uh, we called him Dad. I said, Dad, um, thank you for correcting me back there at the crusade. I said, I appreciate you correcting me. Uh, I said, I, I, I said it wrong, and, and so thank you for correcting me. And I said, is there anything else stupid I've been doing? <laughs> I want to know at this point, you know, tell me more. I want to learn. And uh, he said, nope, nope, that was it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> But he said this, too. He says, now, you don't call attention to yourself, and that's good. 
he said, it's my ministry, and you don't call attention to yourself. And he said, you, you, you do very well for me. You help me a lot. I said, praise God. I'm glad. I'll do anything, you know, to help you. And then he said this. He said, you know, there's always been, since the turn of the century, uh, God has always demonstrated that he not only uses men, he uses women. There's always been a woman evangelist out front to demonstrate that God doesn't just use men, he uses women. And he began to talk to me about uh, uh, women like Marie Woodworth Edder, Amy Semple McPherson, Catherine Coleman. He talked to me about these women in ministry. And he said, it's about time for another one. He said, it just might be you. And then he left my office. (laughs) Dropped a bomb and left my office. And that was in 1991. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell anybody what he said. Just pondered it in my heart. I said, if that's God, God will make it happen, you know, because that's how he does. Things don't happen overnight. People have to be developed. Amen. Have to be proven. Faithful. Glory to God. But we would be out. Now, we left and went into our own ministry in 1992 then. And uh, uh, we ministered limitedly by the laying on of hands. Didn't do a lot, really. We were measuring on our preaching ministry and developing that, rightfully so. Uh, We didn't base our ministry on on manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Based it on the Word. Amen. But over the course of time then, praise the Lord, in a couple of years, Brother Hagin had his first Holy Ghost meeting, called us out, talked to me about that ministry once again. He said, he said, God's been looking through the body of Christ for a woman who would obey. Praise the Lord. He says, and now I've sought you. Praise God. He says, I've given you a healing ministry. Praise the Lord. So God did that. A couple months later, we were in a hotel room, and here's where I had probably my most profound experience in God and what we're going to minister to you with tonight. Hallelujah. You've listened all this time to hear this. But so that you'll have confidence in God. And it won't be in a person. Amen. But we were uh, in a hotel room praying before a service. Kevin and I and three other ministers, we were just all praying together. Before one of Brother Hagin's ministry meetings, actually, we were just all attending there. And we decided to get together and pray in a room before the service. And um, so we were just there praying like, like Brother Hagin had taught us to pray. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders will be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. We were praying about the power gifts to be in greater manifestation, the power gifts being special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings in these last days, that those things would be come to the forefront. And he would, you know, emphasize them. And we were just praying along those lines. And as we began to pray, I started to go up like Brother Hagin did in that tent meeting. And when I realized I was kind of leaving and looking down, uh, to be honest with you, I got frightened. I had never experienced anything like that. And it was, you know, to be absent from the Lord, I mean, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, I thought, I don't, well, will I come back? You know, I didn't know. And I wasn't sickness or anything like that. I just, an ex- spiritual experience, open vision, and I'm going up. And uh, so I shrunk back from it. And when I did, the power of God hit me so strong, I went and stood against the wall so I wouldn't fall. And I just slid down the wall and onto the floor. And about this time, uh, from what they tell me, Kevin and the other ministers, my face changed, everything changed, my countenance changed, and they all stopped praying <laughs> and looked at me. And uh, one of the women there said, 
should we go get Brother Hagin? <laughs> he was a couple doors down at the hotel, and, and the other one said, no, let's just help her pray this through, whatever God's doing. God's doing something. Praise God. Well, he was. And suddenly that healing anointing that I had been familiar with through working with Brother Hagin, and I've been accustomed to experiencing, it hit my hands. But then it didn't just hit my hands. It went all the way up my arms. And it was more than just heat. It was more like I was holding live wire. Maybe some of you have accidentally, accidentally, you know, touched live wire. And, and really it feels more like it's got you, not that you've got it. Like you can't let go. Anybody ever experienced that with electricity? And, um, I mean, it was actually painful how strong it was. And it was so strong and so perceptible to my touch that I grabbed Kevin's hand and I said, please tell me you can feel this. And he said, I'm sorry, I, I can't feel what you're feeling. And I grabbed one of the other minister's hand. I said, please tell me you can feel this. He says, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't. But it helped me to hold their hands. <laughs> Somehow it dissipated something. And um, it's like, you know, a, a current, you know, when it's connected to something else. And so... Uh, I said, Lord, what's, what's happening? And he said this. He said, up until now, you've been ministering with an anointing you received by association with Brother Hagen. He said, but this one's yours. Praise God. He said, I endeavored for you to come up to receive it, but you wouldn't come. He said, so instead you received it basically in your flesh, and that's why it felt as strongly as it did. He said, it would have been easier for you if you had come up. But again, he's so sweet. He doesn't embarrass us. Amen? I mean, I, I could have felt ashamed for not, you know, yielding myself. But he didn't make me feel ashamed. He just said, I, I would have rather you come up, but you didn't. So here it is. And so he said, this anointing is yours. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that's what we want to lay hands on you with. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, this is just, once again, one of the ways that God ministers to us. Amen? It's not the only way. It's not even the best way. It's just one way. But it's something that then you can expect. Amen? We can minister in the name of Jesus and get the same results. We do it all the time. Amen? But you can expect more, and it will help your expectation knowing that there's a special anointing available to you amen because sometimes we just need that extra push and so he offers it because he's so good hallelujah glory to god we sang about it earlier this evening that he's here he's here in his power in his glory in his demonstration glory to god hallelujah hallelujah praise the lord praise the lord so if you're ready to have hands laid on you tonight with that anointing, I'm going to invite you to stand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and come forward if you would. Stand right up close to the platform, just side by side. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. Praise the Lord. That power is going into you tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Could I get you all on this end to come over here on this side? Yeah, you're fine. But if I stand in front of that speaker, it's going to feed back. So if you'll just stand on that side, appreciate it. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's say the name of Jesus together once again. Glory to God, Jesus. Jesus, we bless you tonight. Oh, we thank you for the anointing. Hallelujah. We believe it. We believe we receive it tonight. Hallelujah. The contact of our hands will transmit God's healing power to these who have come tonight. It will affect a healing and a cure. It will drive out what Satan has wrought, affect a healing and a cure in us. In the name of Jesus. Everybody say this. Jesus is the healer. Say, Jesus is my healer. One way that Jesus heals is through the laying on of hands. I believe that Jesus heals today through the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you believe it tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. What did you come for tonight? I'm for healing. What do you need in your body tonight? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Amen. Has there been any sickness in you or anything like that? Yeah. But this is what this is available for tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name. We're glad you came tonight. Receive your healing now in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. What did you come for tonight? Headaches and vomiting. and all. Is that migraines or something? Or Yeah. Yeah. You ready to receive tonight? Amen. The anointing destroys the yoke. Destroys the yoke. That's what Jesus said, isn't he? Amen. Praise God. So you came to the right place. In Jesus' name. We minister now God's healing power to you right now in the name that is above every name. Be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. Praise God. That went into you. That went into you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. What's going on with you? Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, because of the kidney. Yeah. Everything's out of whack. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Well, aren't you glad Jesus is the healer? So glad you came. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we minister God's healing power to you right now. In the name of yeah, that power went right into you. Right into you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, yeah. Be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's it. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And what about you tonight? Breathing problems? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ready to receive tonight? Amen. It's just annoying, isn't it? Yeah. 
You know, if it matters to you, it matters to God. It matters to Him. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, we minister God's healing power to you right now. Yeah. Woo. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now take a big breath through your nose. It's already different, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Both sides. Now shut one side and breathe through that. Open. Now the other side. How's that? Praise God. Yes. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. What's going on with her? Oh, okay. You ready for Jesus to heal you tonight? He loves you, you know. In Jesus' name, we minister God's healing power to this little one right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you for the same thing you came the other night? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Yes. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, we minister God's healing mercy to you right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Uh Aha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes, that power is going into you. Going into you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It will heal you when you mix faith with it. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Receive your healing now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now cover up this one. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell me what you see. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I already have peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. Peripheral vision there. Already. Yeah, already. Uh-huh. 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 Praise God. Praise God. How many fingers am I holding up? All right. Praise God. He's working in you right now. He's working in you right now. You tell me when you see it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see some fingers? Yeah. Praise God. How many? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Two? That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now how many? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Start saying, I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. No, it's just I it's can. just a habit. Four? It's just a, yep, four. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now how many? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many now? Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is working the miracles here. It's God. It's God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It's two. That's right. <laughs> it's coming. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, it's different than what you had before, isn't it? A little better already. Yeah. Praise God. Because he's working in you right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That anointing went into you. So it's there to do something. Amen. It's not there to disappoint. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. It's, it's getting better and better. Yes, ma'am. Good to see you again. God bless you. You ready to receive tonight? Yes. In Jesus' name, we minister God's healing power to you right now. In the name that is above every name, be well. Be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, be healed tonight. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, that power is going into you, brother. Going into you, brother. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. You ready to receive tonight? Yes, ma'am. In Jesus' name, we minister God's healing power to you right now. Strength in Jesus' name. Healing and wholeness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. That anointing's going into you right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, that's the anointing that's going into you right now. Praise God. It's going into you right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was before. <laughs> that was before the power was ministered to you. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's 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 going to be different. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. Because the power is working in you right now. Say the power is working in me now. Yes. I can hear in Jesus' name. Yes. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 